Thank you for joining us once again as we continue our study on the book of Romans. And today we're going to begin to look at verse 1. And so as we look at verse 1 today, we're going to uh, begin to look at um, the the Apostle Paul. We're going to look at uh, the Apostle Paul's calling. We're going to look at the Apostle Paul's credential. And so as we look at the Apostle Paul's calling and the Apostle Paul's credential, uh, we find that in uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 1 as the Apostle Paul uh, begins uh his uh writing of the book of Romans he simply says Paul he goes on to introduce himself Paul a bond servant of Christ Jesus called as an apostle set apart for the gospel of God so when we begin to look at that begin to understand here it is the apostle Paul is introducing himself it's a very brief introduction and so when he introduces himself as Paul uh, you know there's some who debate whether or not it was the Apostle Paul who actually wrote the book of Romans but we're not going to get into all that because it's mostly people who don't believe the Bible anyway uh, the Bible is God's inspired word it's God's infallible word and if we have to question any part of God's word then we're going to have to question all of God's word and so as we find here in the word of God uh, the book of Romans begins with the Apostle Paul introducing himself as the author of the book of Romans. Now we know that the uh, word of God comes from God. All scripture is inspired by God. In other words, it's God breathed. And so the scriptures come to us as men were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so the apostle Paul was moved by the Holy Spirit and he began to write through the power of the Holy Spirit, the inspired word of God, uh, which we have as the book of Romans. That's why we don't need to question whether or not it was Paul through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He introduced himself here uh, as Paul. And so uh, most likely the church at Rome, they knew who Paul was. They certainly probably heard of Paul and heard of the works of Paul. Uh, and so as Paul introduced himself, he didn't spend a lot of time talking about himself and talking about who he was. He just introduced himself as giving to him, uh, to them his name. And so as the apostle Paul gave to them uh, his name, he continues on in this, as in looking at this, and uh, uh, introducing himself as giving to them his credentials. And so, as he gave to them his credentials, he starts off here, uh, and he calls himself a bond servant, a bond servant of Christ Jesus. And so, it's it's a, a title that Paul used often for himself. And so, uh, he, he's not trying to be self-loathing here, or uh, he's not trying to have any false humility here. Uh, this is a title that he used as a bondservant of Christ Jesus. Now, when we look in the Old Testament, uh, we, we find servants of God being titled as servants of God. Moses was a servant of God. Uh, Joshua was a servant of God as well. Uh, but this is a little bit different. This is a bondservant. And so what does that mean? That uh, literally what that means is to be a slave, to be a slave of Christ Jesus. And so as the Apostle Paul Paul referred to himself as a slave of Jesus Christ, we begin to understand that he knew where he stood in Christ, that he'd been bought, he'd been bought with a price, he'd been brought with a bought with a precious price, and that price was the blood of Jesus Christ. And so every single one of us who are children of God, who are born again, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, are slaves unto Jesus. Now we can get into further into that if, if we 
will. We don't really have time to do that right now, but uh, yes, we're friends of Jesus. Yes, we're uh, joint heirs in Christ Jesus, but here uh, again, the Apostle Paul called himself a bondservant of Jesus Christ. We also understand that Paul knew exactly where he stood in Christ. In Galatians 2.20, he says that I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but he who lives within me. And so we recognize that there it is that the Apostle Paul knew who he was. He died to himself, is crucified to self, and he is alive to Jesus Christ. It's the same for every other Christian. If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it's not about us. It's not about us living for us. It's about us dying to us and coming alive to Jesus Christ and the life that we live is for Jesus Christ. He goes on to say uh, that not only is he Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, he says that he's called, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. And so when we look at that, oftentimes we just skip right into the called as an apostle part and focus in on the apostle part, and that's important. We're going to talk about that, but oftentimes we skip over uh, the call part, and that is very important. He recognized, he realized, he understood that he was called as an apostle. He was called of God as an apostle. He was called of the Lord Jesus Christ himself as an apostle. And understanding that, recognizing that he was called, he truly was called by Jesus himself. In fact, we find in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 9, uh, that there it was that the apostle Paul was sent to a man named Judas's house and uh, on that street called Straight, not the same Judas that was one of the 12 apostles that uh, betrayed Jesus. Uh, that Judas was dead by now, but this was a different Judas. Apparently, it was a popular name uh, back in those biblical days. And so as we look at this, he was sent to Judas' house, and God began to speak to Ananias, and he, he began to tell him uh, that you need to go to Judas's house on that street called Straight because there's a man there that I want you to talk to. Yes, it's the same man who's been persecuting the saints, but I have called him. I have called him for a work. In fact, uh, Jesus tells him, he says, but the Lord said to him, and actually, chapter 9 and verse 15, it says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. And so there it was that Jesus is saying, uh, you know, go and speak to him because he is a chosen instrument of mine. So Jesus himself said, the Lord himself is saying that I have called him, I've called him to be my chosen instrument the chosen instrument of mine. It's interesting as we look at that wording uh, for instrument. You know, if you're a mechanic or maybe uh, do some type of uh, uh, working, whatever you do, and you have tools, sometimes there's a spe there's specialty tools, and sometimes there's a tool that it only has one purpose. You can rent, use a wrench for all kinds of different things, and you can use, uh, you know, you can use sockets and ratchets for all kinds of different things, but maybe you have a specialty tool and it is only used for one specific purpose. Well, that's what that instrument is that the Apostle Paul is called to be. He is used as a specialty tool of the Lord Jesus Christ for the specific purpose 
purpose of being an apostle to the Gentiles. And so as we look at this and begin to recognize this, Jesus himself has called the apostle Paul. Paul knew that. Paul understood that. Paul didn't grow up and say, you know, I want to be an apostle one day. Paul didn't grow up uh, listening to his mama say, hey, you need to be an apostle one day. It was Jesus Christ who called him. And so today, when God calls people into the ministry, it better be uh, Jesus calling you into the ministry. It better be the Holy Spirit of God pricking your heart and drawing you unto the ministry. Because if it's not, friends, I want you to understand uh, that that is not a God call and you have no business doing that. Now, every Christian needs to be serving God, but there are those who are specifically called into the ministry, and the Apostle Paul was called as an apostle. And the Apostle Paul understood where his calling came from. Uh, not only did he say it here in Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, but also when he was giving his testimony to King Agrippa in, uh, in Acts chapter 26, beginning in verse 6. 16, the Bible says right here to open their eyes so that they may be torn from darkness to light from the dominion of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. And so when we look at that and begin to recognize that here it is that Paul knew his calling. Paul understood his calling. Paul recognized that calling. Paul also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16, he says, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion, for woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. And you see, that's, that's a great way of knowing whether or not God has truly called you to do a work. If you are so compelled, you can't do anything else. I've had many people People ask me, how do I know if I'm called? Well, if you're so compelled that you just can't do anything else, that's what you have to do. That's what you must do. You're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be happy uh, unless you're doing that. There is such a burden and zeal within your heart to do that. Then you recognize that, yes, that truly is a call of God uh, within your life. And so here it was that he is, uh, or he was rather, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And so as he's called of Jesus, he's a bondservant of Christ Jesus. He's called as an apostle. Here it is that we begin to recognize uh, the specific calling that God has placed upon his life. And that specific calling that God has placed upon the apostle Paul's life was to be an apostle. And so as he was called out to be an apostle, called out specifically, to be an apostle before the Gentiles, as Jesus himself said, uh, we recognize that uh, that's who he is and that's what his calling is. Now, the word apostle or the name apostle, the title apostle, if you will, today uh, is really just used today in church circles and it's used in biblical terms and we think of it only in biblical terms. But friends, I want you to understand the word apostle was a very common word that was used in biblical biblical days. And as it was a common word used in biblical days, um, we see cargo ships uh, in, in those, these biblical days, cargo ships that had a specific shipment for a specific destination. And you know what 
they were called? They were called apostolic. And the reason why they were called apostolic, because the word apostle, of apostle or the name apostle, it literally means sent out. Okay, so as the as as Paul, the bondservant of Jesus, was called, what was he called as? He was called as an apostle, as one who was sent out. And so, as he was sent out, he was sent out to be the apostle to the Gentiles, set apart from the God for the gospel of God, which we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about in just a little bit. But called as an apostle called, sent out as an apostle. And so that's what that name, that's what that title, that's what that word literally means, that he was sent out. He was sent out, commissioned by Jesus himself, sent out, prayed over by the church in Antioch that we see there in Acts chapter 13, as the Holy Spirit also said there, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have for them to do. And so they prayed for them, they laid hands on them, and they sent them out. Uh, as uh, workmen to do the work that God had specifically called them and set them apart to do. And so as we look at that, we recognize that, we understand that that's what an apostle is. So now we ask ourselves a question, okay, well, Paul was an apostle um, and he wasn't a part of the first 12 apostles. So we ask ourselves a question, well, how was he an apostle if he wasn't a part of the first 12 apostles? Because the first 12 apostles, they had a very specific calling. They had a very specific task that nobody else could fulfill except except for them. They were the only ones that could fulfill that, that calling, that, the, that apostleship of what they were set apart to do. Only those 12, uh, it was 11 that they dwindled down to. And in Acts chapter 1, uh, we find that uh, they, uh, they, they uh, added a uh, a twelfth, once again, we find that in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. I just want to read this text of Scripture to you because it's very important. And as we look at it, uh, we see there in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, the Bible says at this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren and a gathering of about 120 persons were there uh, together and said, this is what Peter said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit uh, foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who had became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was uh, counted among us and received his share in his ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the price uh, of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his intestines gushed out. And it became known to all who were living in Jerusalem, so uh, so that in their own language, the field is called uh, Helkadama, uh, that is, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his homestead be made desolate, and not, let no one dwell in it and let another man take his office. And so that's where he, that's where they were at this point. They were there in the upper room. They were waiting for the, the Holy Spirit to come, the promise of the Father of uh, the Father on high. And so as they were there waiting, uh, they were all still there 
taking care of some business because Judas had done what the Bible prophesied that he was going to do. He betrayed Jesus. And now uh, they were doing what the Bible had told them that they need to do, let another man take his office. But this is the requirements. This is the requirements to be one of those apostles. The Bible begins there in verse 21, Peter's still speaking. He says, therefore, it is necessary that of the men who have accompanied all of us uh, at, at all time, that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John. Okay, so it had to begin with the baptism of John until the day that he was taken up from us. Um, one of these must be, uh, become a witness with us of his resurrection. And so here it is that as uh, the fulfillment of scripture, they're, they're, they're pick, uh, choosing another apostle. And as they're choosing another apostle, he has to fit these requirements. He has to have been with them from the time of Jesus's baptism when John the Baptist baptized him all the way up to the point of the resurrection. So he had to be a witness of the entirety of Jesus's ministry. And so he had to be a witness of his death and of his burial and of his resurrection. Now, the apostle Paul, he didn't he didn't receive these qualifi he didn't have these qualifications. He 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 wouldn't have fit into these qualifications. And so as we recognize that, we ask ourselves the question, well, are there apostles today? Well, they went ahead and they chose a 12th apostle there uh, in uh, uh, to, to replace Judas. And uh, we see that uh, very clearly, but he had to meet those requirements. And there was only going to be 12 of them. There was not going to be any more. And these were the original 12 apostles to be there as a witness to Jesus's ministry from the time of uh, his baptism, when John the Baptist, uh, Baptist baptized him in the Jordan River, all the way through those three years of ministry, all the way through his death, all the way through his burial, all the way through his resurrection. Again, the apostle Paul didn't meet those qualifications. So why then is he an apostle? Remember what the name apostle means. The name apostle means sent out. Right, so he didn't mean that he didn't meet the qualifications of the first twelve apostles. That was for them and for them alone. There are no other uh, other than those twelve apostles that met those qualifications. No one else came and replaced them. No one else came after them. It would be impossible today for anybody to meet those qualifications. They'd have to be two thousand years old if they were going to meet those qualifications. But why is is the apostle Paul called an apostle? Because he sent out. He sent out. Again, remember, that's what that word means. That's what that name means. That's what that title and that calling truly means. So do we still have apostles today? We look here in uh, the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. And as we look in Ephesians chapter 4, we begin in uh, uh, verse uh, 9. Uh, and uh, as we look in verse uh, 9, or let's look in verse 10. Uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 4 in verse 10, it says right here, he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all of the heavens so that he might 
so that he might feel all things. And so we look at this and we say, well, that's Jesus, right? Jesus is the one who descended. Jesus is the one who ascended. And so he is there to, he, he did that to feel all things. And then it goes on in verse 11, and he gave some, let's stop right there, who? Jesus. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Now recognize this. This is clearly after Jesus' ascension. Paul said here in Ephesians chapter uh, 4 and verse 10 that he who had descended also ascended. So this is after Jesus' ascension. So after Jesus' ascension, People are still being called apostles. And so the question is, do we still have apostles? Right here in this text of scripture, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. For what purpose? We see that in verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the service to build up the body of Christ. And so when we look at this and we begin to recognize this, we say absolutely we still have apostles. But you know what? At least in Baptist circles, uh, some other denominations, they call apostles apostles. And, and, and really and truly, there's some calling themselves apostles today. There's just a totally unbiblical role. They don't line up with the word of God. They don't line up with what what God has called as an apostle. So we ask ourselves, well, what then is an apostle? Well, an apostle is one who is sent out. What then is an apostle? Well, the apostle Paul was an apostle. So what did the apostle Paul do? He was sent out when the Holy Spirit spoke, said, set apart for these two, set apart these two men, Barnabas and Saul, Saul who is Paul, and they sent them out. What they do? They went on these missionary journeys. They were missionaries. They also planted churches. They started these churches as they went out in uh, on the mission field. So they were missionaries and they were church planters. And so today we don't necessarily call them apostles. There wouldn't be anything wrong with calling them apostles, but we call them missionaries and church planters. And so when we look at that, the biblical the biblical wording for this is apostles, but they were sent out. They were sent out just like the apostle Paul was sent out. Again, a very common word that was used in that day and time. So the apostle Paul, he was sent out to the church of Antioch by the calling of Jesus Christ, set apart from, by the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit spoke, said, now it's time, uh, go do what we've called you to do. And he went out on those three missionary journeys, and he went out. Could have went further than that, but that's all the Bible records. We know he ultimately wanted to go to Spain. Did he get there? We don't know. Uh, so was there a fourth missionary journey? Could have been, um, but the Bible doesn't record that. So he went out as a missionary, and he went out as a church planter. And so he specifically says he is the Apostle Paul, right? He is Paul, he is a bondservant of Christ Jesus. This is Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. He is Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel. Set apart for 
the gospel, his primary calling, his primary task, what God has specifically called him for is to send him out and set him apart for the gospel. Friends, as we look at the Apostle Paul, we recognize something. We recognize that the Apostle Paul's life was all about the gospel. It was all about the gospel. He lived, he breathed, he walked. He, he, everything he did was all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul said, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so when we look at that, that was his entire life. The gospel was his life. And so when we begin to think about that and we begin to understand and recognize the calling that the apostle Paul had upon his life, realizing that he was set apart for the gospel. Oh, what a special calling that is. What a special task that that truly is. Friends, I want you to understand that we too are called to be set apart for the gospel. We too are called to be set apart. Maybe not called to the mission field. Maybe we're not called to plant churches, but every single one of us are called to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with this lost and this dying world. And so as we're called to share the gospel message with this lost and dying world, with everyone that we con uh, come in contact with, we're to share the saving gospel with this lost and dying world. And so we're set apart. Every Christian, every child of God is set apart for that task. And you look at that. Oh, what a special calling that that is. What a special, what an honor, what a privilege that that truly is. Remember, Jesus told a parable. Jesus told a parable about uh, the pearl of great price. And as Jesus told this par uh, parable about the pearl of great price, he said a merchant saw that pearl of great price. And so what did he do? He went and sold everything that he had. He sold everything that he had. He said, nothing in this world is more valuable than that pearl of great price. So he was willing to get rid of everything just so he could have that one pearl, just so he can possess that one pearl of great price. Well, what is that pearl of great price? That pearl of great price, friends, it is the gospel. It is the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why the apostle Paul said in Romans chapter one and verse 16, he said that I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power unto salvation. We'll look more at that scripture when we get to it in our study of the book of Romans. But what was, what was the apostle Paul entrusted with? He was entrusted with the gospel. He was entrusted with that pearl of great price that outvalued everything else and still outvalues today and always will outvalue everything else in this world, the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was entrusted to that. God entrusted him, him with that. Look at that statement that he says there in Romans chapter one and verse one, set apart for the gospel of God. This is God's gospel. We'll look more at that next week of exactly what that means, but this is God's gospel. This is God's gospel, and God entrusted the Apostle Paul with 
that gospel. Oh, what a, what a powerful thing that that truly is. That Almighty God has entrusted someone with that thing that is so precious, it outvalues everything else in the world. It's the gospel. Paul knew how precious that gospel was. Paul knew the value in the gospel of God, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And friends, we need to know how valuable that gospel is. We've been entrusted with the gospel, not to go bury it somewhere, not to go hide it somewhere, not to go put it in a vault and hide it from the rest of the world, but share it with the rest of this world so that whosoever will come to Jesus Christ by placing their faith and placing their trust in Jesus Christ, that saving faith that is only made available because of the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, we've been entrusted with that. The most precious and valuable thing that this world has ever seen or will ever see, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ, Jesus himself, who saves to the uttermost. So friends, we need to get busy. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, friend, come to him. So what do I need to be uh, do to be saved? Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus that everything that he did on the cross of Calvary through the shedding of his blood was sufficient to save you from your sins. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, friends, I want you to understand, we'll talk more about the gospel tomorrow, but he will save you. But if you know Jesus Christ, if you are saved, friends, we're entrusted with that pearl of great price. God has entrusted us with that. We need to share it with this lost and dying world. We need to be the faithful stewards to go out and to spread that gospel seed as being those who have been entrusted with the precious gospel of Jesus Christ.